In the Word on the Go is brought to you by New Growth Press, the publisher helping every person grow closer to Christ. As you're making a list for the little ones in your life this time of year, don't forget about the new releases at New Growth Press, including the new picture book, Why Do We Say Goodnight? Going to bed and turning out the light can be a scary time for many children, so this book reminds little ones that Jesus watches over them all night long, just like a shepherd protects his sheep. Find your next read to encourage you in your faith and learn more about new releases at newgrowthpress.com. This is In the Word, On the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word, On the Go. I'm your host, Champ Thornton. Whether you're listening by yourself or with the family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today I'm thrilled to welcome back Dr. Ian Duggan. Ian received his PhD at the University of Cambridge in 1992 and his seminary degree at Westminster Theological Seminary in 1989. He is the author of several commentaries on books of the Bible that you might find helpful in your time with the Lord each day, including commentaries on Ezekiel, Esther and Ruth, Daniel, and the Song of Songs. He's also written a fantastic 10-week small group Bible study on the book of Jonah, and we're going to spend some time talking about the book of Jonah today. That book is called Jonah, Grace for Sinners and Saints. Ian is professor of Old Testament at Westminster Theological Seminary just outside of Philadelphia. He and his wife Barbara have been married for over 30 years and have six adult children. Ian, it's great to have you back on the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be back. So what verse from Jonah are we looking at today? Jonah 3, 4, where it says this, Jonah began to go into the city, that is Nineveh, going a day's journey. And he called out, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So in our previous podcast, you mentioned that this may be the single worst evangelistic message ever. So why don't we just dive in right there? What makes Jonah's evangelistic message to the city of Nineveh so bad and yet so effective? Well, there's no grace here. This is not even turn or burn. This this is burn, baby, burn. (laughs) You guys are going down. There's nothing you can do about it 40 days from now, and you're all going to be toast. Compare that with the message of Isaiah. Come now, let us reason together. Though your sins are scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Hmm. You know, it's very different from the message that the prophets bring to Israel. And that's what makes it so stark when we look at the difference in the response. You know, Isaiah pours his heart out time after time to God's people in Israel, and nobody responds. Blind eyes, deaf ears. And Jonah comes with this terrible attitude and preaches a very short message. He doesn't even get to the middle of the city. You know, he's told to go to Nineveh. He goes one day's journey in and declares his message. As far as we can see, turns around and, and, and flees before you know, the, it, it, the message later on comes to the king of Nineveh, but it's not like Jonah has brought it to him. Jonah has no interest in their conversion. And yet this really illustrates what he said in the previous chapter, uh, unwittingly, salvation is of the Lord. This very poor message delivered with a very bad attitude in the Lord's hands is enough to bring repentance to the most unlikely of people. And that's what we see in uh, in the Ninevites, that they thoroughly repent in a way that prophets would have wished over and over again that God's own people would. Uh, and they never saw that. So your children are all grown and out of the home now. But back in the day when they were younger, 
here you are, you're sitting in your living room and you're talking about this verse. What would you want to say to them as they're getting ready to head into that day or heading into the next day? Yeah, I think we, we sometimes have this naively, uh, 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 naive picture of what evangelism has to look like. That we have to get our attitude right and our words right and really know what we're saying before we can talk to anybody about Jesus. This is a good example of the fact that the Lord doesn't need us to get it right. He doesn't even need us to have a good attitude. Because salvation is of the Lord, he can save people when we say the wrong thing and when we're in a foul mood. So that should be an encouragement to us to to be willing to share the gospel in every situation. I, I find myself, I, I, I need to hear it as much as my kids ever did, because I constantly want to know that I can say the right thing before I say mm-hmm. anything. Yeah, I'm a control freak. So I don't want to enter a conversation with somebody who, well, I don't really understand their religion or what if they raise objections that I'm not qualified to answer. And so I won't say anything at all. This passage reminds us that God is in charge of salvation and he can convert people with the very poorest of materials. So how much more then should we be emboldened to go out and tell people about Jesus? You know, we, we don't have the message that Jonah gives. We have going to people and saying, you guys are going down. <laughs> we have a message of God's love and God's grace and God's mercy that we have received in Jesus Christ. And, and surely we can talk about that. Uh, and then trust the Lord to do what he's going to do with that, whether that's an Israel-like response, where however good our, our message is, nobody wants to listen, or whether it's a Ninevite-like response, where almost in spite of us, the Lord brings people into his kingdom. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that, because I was reminded the other night, I was talking to my family from Isaiah 6, and here's Isaiah, and he says, I have a sinful mouth, and the Lord cleanses that sin. He doesn't say it's not there. Right. He cleanses it with a coal from the altar, right. and then immediately says, all right, who's ready to use that previously sinful mouth right. to go and speak for me to my people? Right. And that, that is audacious. I think we'd want to have a probationary period. Right. We'd want to have some training about how to speak to people for the Lord, but right. the Lord wants to use our, our words. Now, now, here's the thing, though. We mustn't stop where we always stop in Isaiah 6. Hmm. We can't stop with, here am I, send me. We have to go on and read the rest of the passage, which is the reverse of Jonah's uh, experience. The Lord says to Isaiah, okay, you're a willing volunteer. You have cleansed lips, and I'm going to send you, and nobody's going to listen. Right. The people's eyes will be blind. Their ears will be deaf. Nobody will want to hear. Well, not quite nobody. There are, you know, there's, there is there is a, a remnant who will hear. There is a holy seed in the stump after Israel's destruction. But yeah, we, we tend to think, I tend to think, if I volunteer and go and do this for the Lord, the Lord better make it worth my, my while. We tend to think that God owes us success in proportion to the quality of our dedication, mm. quality of our preaching, or the effectiveness that we're, of our studies. God owes us nothing. We can be utterly faithful, and uh, the Lord may be glorified in that faithfulness without giving us great fruit. Or we may see other people who don't have the same faithfulness that we have. Nonetheless, the Lord using them and bringing people to, into his kingdom because he has the right to do that. So although the Lord can use our terrible evangelism and bad attitude, he doesn't promise that he will. And in that, we just acknowledge that, like Jonah says, salvation comes from the Lord. It, it's not coming from us. Right. Yeah. No matter how good my attitude is and how uh, crafted my evangelistic message is, I can't bring dead people back to life. 
that's that's God's business, not mine. Mm-hmm. It's my responsibility to speak to them, to do my best, to love them and provide them with a clear presentation of the gospel. But it's not my clear presentation of the gospel that brings people to faith in Christ. So if a family was listening to this in the van, running some errand, and the podcast is over, what's a good question that they could discuss together as a family about this verse? Why is it so hard for us to love people? And, uh, and what do we do about the people we, we don't want to tell about Jesus because we don't, you know, we don't like them? Hmm. Can we pray for those people who we don't like that they would receive Jesus? And that maybe even we could be used in bringing the message to them, not just the people we like and we think are good candidates to receive Jesus, but the people who are our arch rivals, as my son used to call people at school, hmm. uh, the people who hate us, the people who persecute us. What would it look like to love them and to pray for them to receive Christ? Well, I think those questions would spark some very fruitful discussion and time in prayer together. So would you do that? Would you close our time by praying for us all? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we thank you that uh, you have saved us, uh, though we do not deserve it at all. You have not saved us because of who we are or because what we can accomplish for you, but you've saved us out of your grace and your mercy. We thank you that that grace and mercy extends not just to people we like, people who are like us, but to people we have a really hard time with, people who hurt us, people who even persecute us. Lord, we pray that you would bring even those people into your kingdom, as you did with the Apostle Paul, uh, so they might be trophies of your grace, and so that the, the world would see that your grace is big enough for the biggest sinners, and it's, that means it's big enough for us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word, On the Go. This episode is brought to you by New Growth Press, which aims to bring gospel-centered resources to every church and home. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.